right, let's get it. What up, you guys? I'm your girl, KRC. Hope your style and feel good provider. And I'm your girl, Ree, your confidence boosting bestie. Y'all know what time it is, so go ahead and grab your cups. Because we're here to fill you up. On all things life, style, and everything, everything in, in between. between. No, that was like the most perfect. Were we in sync? <laughs> We didn't need no pause. We didn't have to do it over. Come on now. We getting it together in season three. Think right. Oh my gosh. How you doing? How you feeling, sis? I'm doing good. I can't complain. Yeah. I'm doing good. Outside of my broken nail that pissed me off. What happened? I saw that on your story. I was so mad. (laughs) You was like like this motherfucker right here did it hurt no 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 but what's so wild is i know so you know when you need a new set your nail starts lifting kind of from underneath Mm -hmm. so i'd already told him i was like look next time i come back because they were busy i was like i'm gonna get a full set but i ain't gonna worry about it today blah 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 blah. so yesterday it it always happens on the most random things (laughs) i pick up some sweatpants of all things and I pulled my finger up and I was like, where the fuck is my tip? Like my nail is gone. Because it was broken underneath, there's nothing like really oh, secure. And so it just, it. it just popped on off, honey. I was just like, you know what? I can't, like, what What am I? I said, I said this is a challenge, God. Cause he already, like he knows me. So I was like, I'm not going to get this nail fixed. Cause I know I have to get all of these taken off in two mm-hmm. weeks. And I just paid what? 96, no. If I got a pedicure anime, no, I'm not doing, I'm not going, I'm not doing it. So that's like a little five second woosah though, because that hurts. That hurts. In your soul. And what's so funny is like, you know, like you said, I put it in my stories. So someone commented and she was like, she was like, you're a brave soul. You've got one of my followers. You've got this. And I'm like, yeah, girl, because that's where it stings. It stings you in your soul because you just like, there ain't nothing you can do about it. It's not really a big deal, but you're just like, it's annoying. Break? For real? Mm-hmm. Two days after? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it humbled me real quick, but I'm I'm going to win this challenge, y'all. Okay. Okay. I'm, up, I'm up for the challenge. Cool beans. How was your weekend? It was good. Carter had soccer. Carter won. Mm-hmm. The, look, he won. The team won. He played great. Um, he went back to school on Monday, so yesterday. So life is back, back to regularly to... scheduled programming. It was a nice little fall break, though. We had a, he had like a really good fall break. Spent some time with family, and yeah, good times. Chill time weekend, get it, yeah. Time to get it back, though. Time to get back on track. Mm-hmm. How was, was your good. weekend? My weekend was calm as well. I um didn't do much. I started of getting my hair done. I didn't do much at all. Outside I'm- of getting your hair did. Yeah. Yara's on a new journey, everybody. I got my locks in. I got my locks in. It's it been uh so good. Thank you. A couple of days with it. I feel good. I 
Yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Like when uh, my girlfriend shouts out to Jules, um, her salon is called Laid Me Out, out in Alpharetta Lady. She is thebombdiggity.com. We actually went to high school together. Okay. But we go way back. So it was like therapeutic because we like grew up in Baltimore and she relocated to Atlanta. Um, And I've always loved her work and I saw that she did locks and I'm like, I'm going to you. Like, I like to support my people. If I know that you're like good at it and I know you, I don't need nobody from Atlanta. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to my people. So she was excited to do it. I was nervous as hell. I had done no research. So she was asking me all of these questions on what did I, did I want starter locks? Did I want instant locks? Did I want two strands? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So this is like going to be continuous homework for me on understanding my hair and okay. just how to nurture it, take care of it. She was like, think of your hair like a plant. You know, you have to water her. You have to, to love on your locks. And I'm like, this is a whole new journey. It's a whole new chapter. This is this is good. This so is- which lock option did you go with for the girlies that don't know? Because I have done no research. I know we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, starting a lock journey together, mm-hmm. you guys. I am clearly not locked. <laughs> Um, she, will be, she will be. I I'm I'm really seriously contemplating it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's right here at the forefront of my mind. But what did you learn um, so far, and what option did you end up going with? So I learned. Um, so I did the instant locks. So she instantly locked it. Um, I also learned about the ends. Like she was asking me about how did I want my ends. Right now they're kind of just all instant lock but as it grows she was like we'll, we'll get like curly ends um okay. two strand twists are pretty much two strand like when we had our natural flow froze um the, my hair is going to expand mm-hmm. that was news for me like this is all she was i was like what do you mean it's going to get bigger she was like the, the longer that it takes it's going to because they're not officially locked yet mm-hmm. so they need more time to mature crazy enough i was talking to belinda today okay that's how to she show is we talked for a good time today and she was like, she had me nervous. <laughs> Belinda said, Key, do you know how you want your hair to be? I said, what you mean? She was like, you know, they're going to get bigger, right? I was like, oh yeah, my lactation said it's going to, they're going to get thick. She said, how thick? Little Wayne thick? <laughs> <laughs> Not the Little Wayne reference she though. Said, she said, I know, because she has, um, Sister locks. Sister locks. And she was like, I knew, I told my loctician immediately what I didn't want to look like. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I was like, this is really all new to me. And she was like, just pay attention to them. She was giving me tips and tricks. She was like, but they going to get bigger. And I said, well, I don't want to look like Shy. What's his name? Sasha Bob from uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> not Sasha Bob. She said, they going to get bigger. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I'm just check you know paying attention to them as i go she was like don't play with them what i was doing was like um braiding them in the front because they can like stick up a little bit she was like Mm -hmm. don't touch them you have to let them mature and just do their own thing so i'm like okay i'm not gonna that's the part of the journey that i don't know what are y'all gonna do you know what i mean like honest i don't like look into the future and be like what y'all gonna look like but there are a few women that I've seen that I, I kind of feel like I know what I want mine to look like. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, I need someone who's going to tell me what I need to do in order for them to end up looking the way I want them to look in my mind. Correct. 
Yeah. So maybe I need to become Curious Georgia and I think so. Start I researching. think yeah, because you'll it's one thing to see all of these inspos on Pinterest, but all of our hair textures are different. So it's not going to be the same as the girls on the Pinterest, you know? So all I know is that I have 4C hair. So now I'm doing research on women that have 4C hair on YouTube and just going to go down that rabbit hole on what they've done and understanding like budding, when to, when to really starts locking, what's the process going to be like from now until when I got to see her again. Mm-hmm. It's different. You're, you've got all the buzzwords, budding, maturing, <laughs> I've been all listening. of the things. Like you've been, you've been doing some research. You're no curious, Georgia, be picking it up. Like, right. okay, that's what. Uh huh. I even looked up why people don't no longer say dreadlocks. I was going down a rabbit hole on that, on the history of dreadlocks. Um, a lot of people don't know, but like, way, way, way back then, like, I don't, I want to say I considered becoming a Rastafarian, but I. You know when you see a religion that you you're not that but you admire what they believe in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i admire what they believe in so um i just went down the rabbit hole kira's georgia was just like you know i feel like in and, and, and what's her name belinda said it she said you're going to meet people that are going to be drawn to your locks they're going to have conversations with you it's like when we went natural with our froze mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Our, our stories were quite similar mm-hmm. oh dude thought i listened to jill scott and i was like i could not tell you about it jill scott. and old boy told you black policy he was like yes sis i was like so what's this i thought of what what is my answer? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what would my answer be? And I would say, just a transformation for me. This is something I've always thought about. I just didn't pull the plug on it. But there is a, um, I mean, with maybe just with moving and everything that is just fresh right now, it just feels like locks are a part of life, like enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. Don't stress it, just keep going with it. And that's just really where I'm at in life too. So I'm like, I'm just gonna enjoy the journey and whatever happens. Kind of free flow. Yeah. Kind of free flow. And yeah. I like that. I don't know. If we locked <sighs> in, ain't no switching up. That's what I keep thinking in my Period. head. So I'm 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 excited to see your journey. And I I do think it'll be this has been helpful. That's what I'll say. Because I feel like it's helped me to know like to start having those conversations with the different people that I've looked at their work. Cause I want to know again, I can pick out pictures of like, this is what I want my locks to look like mm-hmm. down the road. And you know, I already have hair. So I'm trying to also figure out what that whole process is also going to look like. Cause I don't want to be out here looking 10 karat crazy. <laughs> and I also kind of want the option to be able to, which I know, like you just said, they get bigger and thicker. I still love the option of, Throw, my, throw a wig on and so am I not yes. going to have that option at all like is that option completely just gone what do I have to do then you think about Chloe Bailey and them they be doing all kinds of shit with them wigs but you know they have <laughs> celebrity stylists yeah they, they them girls working do on their heads that work so. with their hair yeah because honey that hair be look I'm like how the hell did y'all lay that down like that I love to see that though because I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong like growing up when you would see people with locks the stereotype is like they couldn't do anything else to their hair Mm-hmm. So when or you, you see, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I'm like, so when you see Chloe and Haley, you're like, they do so much with their beautiful locks. They do a lot of different shit with their locks. And not only that, I think we also had the preconceived notion back then that in order for you to 
I guess, quote unquote, become a loose natural again. You just had to like shave all your hair off. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be honest. If I ever did lock my hair and then I was like, I don't want locks anymore. At that point, I would have a fade. Like, I'm yeah. not that whole process of people taking four years to comb their locks. Okay, I'm exaggerating. That's, but that's, that's a long ass time to be sitting is. there to comb it out. No, ma'am. Shave it. I'm definitely shaving. It. <laughs> I literally told myself, Key, whatever happens, you can always shave it. You've done that too. <laughs> you have. You oh. shaved it. You've been blonde. You've done all the things. I think this. It was time for this journey. You. I've seen that too. Um, pictures and videos of you, like from the past, where you've kind of shown like all the different styles you've done with your hair. Mm -hmm. You've pretty much done it all. Oh. <laughs> you so have. I'm content. I'm content. I love it. Thank you, friend. Thank you. I'm excited to go on this journey with you. Yes. I hope y'all are too. Tell mom. Tell mom I did it. I am. She was supposed to meet with her, the guy that did her locks, like her first go round. I think she was supposed to meet with him last weekend. So I'll okay. get with her. I'm going to let her know that you did it um, and see what she says. So I'll keep y'all posted on that as well. Cool. So today we are tapping into... I feel like it's going to be a little deep today. God, I feel like it's going to be heavy. Goodness. You know, we talked about the art of styling last week. So we really had a light show. I got some wine because I was like, damn, this is going to be a deep show. I probably <laughs> should have got me a drink, honey, but I was rushing. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran on back here and set up. But Taking yeah. care of others and accepting your role. Ooh. Mm. So I, I, I what people don't know is you and i read we pretty much and i feel like whatever comes to mind that i feel like this is a good podcast episode we're just like writing on our notes the thought of just this topic came to my mind and i was like damn you know the more that we get older people in our lives are getting older and there are just certain roles that you have to accept it Mm -hmm. But there is, you know, there's a conversation that needs to be had with people that maybe don't want to accept certain roles or don't feel confident in in, in certain areas of their life, but they have to still do it. Mm -hmm. I felt that type of energy over me. And I was like, I wonder if this could be a good podcast conversation. Definitely agree. I think especially from the aspect of our, I think of my parents, like our parents are getting older. So not only am I getting older. So when I say things like, oh, I'm getting old. Like my parents are getting older. And so I feel like they've started to not really exhibit signs of like they're getting older, but kind of they are, you know, like you're like, wow, is this, this the route we're going? Like my mom just the other day had called me kind of in a panic mode. She's like, I'm at the doctor's office. And she was like, Larissa, I can't find my car. She was like, I don't know where my car is. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't know where the car is? You know? And she's like, I mean, I can't find the car. She was like, I know where I parked it. It should be here. It's not here. And I'm just like, well, mama, like, press the button and all of this. And like, mm -hmm. she said, I'm, I've pressed the button. And so I'm like, well, either your car is stolen Ooh. or, you know, you're not near the mm -hmm. car. Like, it's, it's one of those two things. And so I was like, go in the opposite direction of where you think you parked the car and go over here. So she does. And she found the car. Like, the car was okay. fine and everything. But again, like that's signs of just natural aging. And you know, cause she's, and of course she beats herself up. I've never done anything like this. Like, mm. I don't know what happened. And it's like, you might have a thousand things. Like you're leaving a doctor's appointment. You have other things going on, but yeah. 
at the same time it is it makes you wonder like it is signs of like aging and like matt's mom matt's grandmother had alzheimer's so it makes you just think about like all these things just in a quick moment mm -hmm. you start to process because you're just like well i hope this was just a one-off thing like i'm gonna have to like follow back up with her had to let her know let me know if this happens again like because you want to be on top of it so it it I think this episode is actually timely for those reasons because mm -hmm. our parents are getting older we are getting older but even to what you just said it's like starting those conversations that is like okay mom like you know because ultimately the child becomes the caretaker and we need to have these type of conversations just to keep in mind for anything down the line that may occur again now mm -hmm. we have to track patterns like that whole chapter, like that, that, that's scary to me. It is. I would say that it is too. Do you feel like you'll have help? I, I do. I do. Okay. I'm thankful that, you know, my siblings step in and, and step up for sure. Um, and my family's definitely a um, strong knit. So I feel like we will have help then. Sometimes when you're in, I don't even want to say a black family, just some families don't want the other family members to know what's going on in this house. Keep it in this house, you know? Yeah, so you I right. just want you and your siblings helping me, but I don't want my sister to know. I don't want your cousins to know. And I think that's where we go wrong because sometimes the siblings may need the help and they don't know who to turn to. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where the waters get murky. Mm. And I've lived through that not necessarily like in my immediate family because thank god my parents are pretty decent health um and so i haven't experienced that directly in my immediate family but my cousin my mom's first cousin like my um her mother was dying of sarcoidosis i think it's what it's called i think it's what bernie mac had mm. and none of us knew but even our her own kids didn't know because her she had told their father don't tell them like I don't want oh. them to worry I don't want them and so when she passed and they find all of this out like I think they ended up knowing that that's what she had but they didn't know that her health was declined like she was as far along with it that she was and so when she passed for them it was more so suddenly whereas my uncle he kind of already knew you know what i'm saying and did so did she not show did she not look ill she was sick but like i think i wasn't like i'm gonna be honest about this too i wasn't around enough at that time mm -hmm. like when we were younger when i was younger i feel like we were all more close-knit so what ended up happening is so wild but like my mom's bomb passed first okay so this is their first cousin so my grandmother and her dad were brother and sister so my mom's mom passes and i think like after that we all because my grandmother was the matriarch of really our entire family that was left here um and so when she passed it kind of like it dismantled for a while like we were all kind of going through it um so my you know my mom's the only child and mm -hmm. that was her last parent and so it was like it was a lot going on so i really wasn't even around her as much then so i didn't see her health decline physically mm -hmm. um but i know for a fact that like she found out the details of everything my aunt was experiencing after she passed 
is when my uncle was like, she didn't want you all to worry. She didn't want this, that, and the other. But you know, as the as the child, she was like, I feel like I was robbed of that time where I would have done more or, you know, to make those, like make those memories. But that's also like where I'm like, make sure you're doing those things despite not knowing what's going on with other people because you really never, like, you don't know, like you said, what information they want to hold on to because we don't want to let everybody know what's going on for whatever the selfish reason is. But you know, so. that's always easier said than done in life. I, I've, I think the more that I've experienced just seeing things, um, you can get a little cold because some people literally don't operate. Some people don't really awaken until someone really passes away. Mm-hmm. Some people are not intentional on, yo, I need to chill. I need to really take advantage of my life and the people that those around me know is until someone passes, people feel and then they drink and, and then they, they think about the past and all of the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Um, and that's the unfortunate part of life. But that one thing, and I, we used to do this to my little sister by like not telling her everything by mm-hmm. trying to protect her. And I think if a sibling or any family member is at a certain age to understand, they should know. And I think she she was revealed, and it happened to me with my own father, and then we did the same thing to her. The pattern continues because you don't want someone to worry. But she said one day, why do you guys do that? Why do you guys do not, why don't you tell me? You know, you don't give me the, the um, you don't allow me to fail or do certain things. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. You know, we're thinking we're trying to protect you, but we're actually harming you by not telling you. I think it's like a, it's such a delicate balance though, mm-hmm. too, because you don't want them to like uh, worry unnecessarily, you know? But at the right. same time, if something, you don't know what's gonna happen either. Like, I think we always think like, oh, this is what I was told. So, you know, it doesn't seem like it's so bad, but things can go from bad to worse very quickly. And so what you thought like, oh, it wasn't so bad. You're just going to get out of the hospital and it's going to be fine can literally turn into, you know, you don't make it out of the hospital. And so I think that is a hard thing to go from. Like, I just told you that everything's fine and we should be home in a few days and everything is not really fine. So I don't know. It's like a delicate balance. And it's funny. It's not funny, but it, it's odd that we're talking about this because I've had like several things I feel like occur that haven't been necessarily happening to me, but makes you think about these different things. So my boss, my boss, her husband had some issues going on and they have, she, they both have kids of their own that are adult children. And then together they got married and they have a child together who's like, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years younger than the other, the older siblings. Mm -hmm. And so something happened to her husband. I don't even know what it was. It doesn't matter. But they weren't telling. She was like, we're not going to tell my son. He's like nine. And we don't want him to worry. And so, but he was in the hospital for like two days, you know? And so he's like, well, what's going on? Like, you know, and so her daughter the older daughter was like i'm just gonna tell like she was like i'm telling him and she told her little brother what was going on because Mm -hmm. she was like he's asking me questions and i'm not gonna lie to him like he needs to know what is going on just as much of the rest of us need to know Mm -hmm. and so i was kind of like how do you deal with that like you know like 
as the parent, I'm like, okay, I'm the parent. I said, don't say anything. But as his sibling, she's yeah. like, I don't give a damn what you, what you said. So it's like, it's a delicate balance. But at the same time, you do kind of feel like they have a right to know. Because again, what if something does happen and they didn't get to say their last whatevers? So people, I don't know. People live with that. People hold on to that. Like I could have done this had you told me. I'd rather um, know. But a question came to my mind as you said that as Carter is growing up and you and Matt have to now essentially have hard conversations. Like, what does that look like for you two? Like, because I feel like even though we don't want to tell, even for, for this example, a younger sibling, there are going to be tough times that they're going to face. And I always feel like, why not do it within the house first? So they can be prepared before they hit the outside, the real world. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, these kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. Um, and so just recently, I would say within over the last month, Matt was like, I think we're really getting to the point where we really have to like start having these more honest conversations about a lot of different things, not just what we're talking about here, but just you know, the differences between being a young black boy in the world and your white friends that you go to school with and hang and like, so just those types of conversations. But I think it also gets tricky with us because we kind of know we only want this one child. So at the same time, it's like eventually, and I know this sounds horrible, but it's like, he's going to be put in a position where it's just him. Like, He's gonna have to make these decisions for his parents as we get oh, as uh, for us as we mm-hmm, get older, mm-hmm. and so I think the like mentally preparing him or getting him ready to like just understand that these are things that happen. This is a part of life. I think we're ready now, and I think he's mature enough now to have those conversations. You also really have to know your child. Like I mm-hmm. remember when Carter first ever heard about heaven and mm-hmm. then put together that you have to die in order to go to heaven. And when you die, that's a permanent thing. And you're not going to be physically here on this earth anymore. He would wake up and like have nightmares about like he couldn't sleep and Mm. different things. So it's like, you can't give him too much information. Like, because he, it sets with him. He starts to think about it. He's obsessing about it. And Mm -hmm. I was very much like that as a kid. Mm -hmm. And Matt ended up saying that he was too. Like when I first learned about heaven, I was just like, you mean I'm going to have to die and they're going to put me in a box and I'm going to go in this ground? And like mm-hmm. in my mind, in my young mind, I'm thinking I, like I'm going to suffocate in there. Not, you know, because yeah, yeah, you understand like, okay, I'm dead. But at the same time, I'm in a box and it's like people can't live in it. So it's like all of these realizations come to you at one time. But at the same time, again, like my mom told me, my my dad told me when they were going to awake at one point, we're going, oh, it's just a party, like a like a visitation for someone who had passed away. And my mom was like, you can't tell that girl it's no party because <laughs> the way that her mind works, like you have to really know your child. And my mom was like, I told you it's not a party. Like I look, we just going to let you know that. And I don't even remember what she told me she said it was, but it was like you have to be able to relate to them on the level that they're at so it's like Mm -hmm. having these conversations but making sure they're tailored 
to him as an individual child, but also for his age specifically. It's so, hard. I can imagine Lorenzo mom, she'll like, we'll talk and I'm, you know, I'm checking in on him and with how school is going. And she shared with me that one of the young boys, one of his friend's mother's path, she passed from COVID. And Lorenzo told her like, you know, such and such mom died from COVID. And she actually said, she was like, well, she's in heaven now. Um, and I think Lorenzo said something about like, am I gonna die? Oh. And I looked at her and I was like, what did you say? <laughs> she just took a deep breath. And to your point of, she didn't like, she didn't make it seem like it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But she worded it in a way where like, you know, Papi, you don't have to think about that now, but you know, do right we, now. do we have to face that one day? Yes, but you don't have no reason to think about that, you know, but the innocence of the, like, the questions that come in their head and I still in my 30 something years of age, I low key get panic attacks thinking about death. Yeah. Thinking about, I know it's inevitable, but like how? It's so you finite. Can't, you can't, you know, fixate on it, but it scares the, the crap out of me. It scares me. And I know, you know, some people are like, you got to accept it. But I'm like, oh, just the thought of it. I think it's, it's just because it's so, it's the, like, because it's the unknown. I think that's a natural feeling. Like, I understand you have to kind of accept that, okay, this is what's going to happen. But your mind doesn't just travel to, oh, this is what's going to happen. You think about everything that's going to, like, transpire after. Like, the world continues after people pass away. So, like, after I'm gone, God forbid something happens to me, you know, anytime soon. It's like, my son has to, like, grow up without me or live life without me. Or, you know, I'm when I think about my own parent, my mom, especially, like, what am I going to do without my mom? Like I say all the time, girl, you go, just put me on it. I'm just going with you. Cause like, what am I going to do? Like Mm -hmm. I can't, Mm -hmm. in my mind, it's like, there's no way that I can function without her. But you see people have to do it every day or all Mm -hmm. the time. And it's, I just, I'm not ready to face that. Like, so I'd be saying a thousand extra prayers, like God, please just keep like, my mama here okay Mm -hmm. I I don't know what we got to do to keep her here I don't know what we have to do to keep her healthy but do everything in your power because like he knows like I'm talking about the big man knows like yeah I'm having low-key panic attacks about my mom leaving this earth like girl you can't leave you can't yeah Yeah. and it's it it is scary it is and I do have siblings um and I look I hope my brothers don't don't get on me for this but I do feel like there's going to be as an only girl especially there's going to be an added weight on me to kind of be the one to Mm. figure it out and I've also always been the sibling to figure it out like I'm just a figure it out I'll figure it out I'm a figure it out wife I'm a figure it out mom like I've had to really learn to not do that like to not be like oh I'll just I'm not gonna say anything I'll just figure it out for myself I've had to learn to open my mouth um but I have a just a suspicion that it's gonna be a lot on me um and that's a lot you know because like you said you have siblings and you feel like you'll have that extra help and I'm not saying I won't have that extra help but I just have a feeling it's gonna be like it's all on you, girl. It's a lot on you, girl. 
speaking from experience, um, I think, and I, and, and I think God just knows who can handle what and who can't. Um, and, you know, it really was a test of time when my brother passed away and I pretty much left New York and I moved back home to Baltimore. And that was such a time where all I knew was to just step up. Mm-hmm. You don't, it's no questions needed. What do you need? I'm there. I mean, helping with setting up funeral arrangements. Mm. You're not at one point during that time frame did I shed tears. The people around me were, and you're consoling. And I think like from what you're saying, is like, you're just gonna do, you're not even going to think. Mm-hmm. And God knows who could be strong enough to really be that that strong person for the entire family. There was a point where, you know, literally I had to go pick out his casket. And I am never, have I ever, have I ever experienced something like that? And in my mindset, I'm like, just pick out something nice. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just eerie, you know, but in your mind, you're like, this is why people say, I want to send them off nice. I want to okay. make sure, you know, that they are good and they're comfortable and things like that. And fast forward to the moment that I had to go back to New York and, and get my life situated to move back to Baltimore. It wasn't until I got onto that bus to get to New York that everything just came out of me. And I think I cried the whole damn trip because you are being strong, you're being that caregiver, but then you're also, you know, you can't show that emotion yet. You gotta be strong. Everybody's telling you, be strong, be strong, be strong. No, I needed a hug. I felt weak and I had to prepare myself for a care to really become a caregiver you know mm-hmm. taking my dad to appointments mentally trying to help your siblings your parents because grief is a whole nother subject a whole nother topic but ultimately i feel like god just places that caregiver like i was going to therapy for that mm-hmm. and she said it my therapist was like you're the caregiver you know nobody knows who it's going to be it's the ones that are able to handle it because you're not saying anything, you're not asking, you're just immediately doing. Do and you feel like therapy during that time helped you? Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, I mean, we started out as family therapy because I thought, oh, we need to go. But I didn't understand that people need time to actually tap into therapy. People need to want to go to therapy. I can't just be like, we just had a tragic incident and now you have to go. Like my family lasted two sessions and then nobody wanted to go back. That's a lot though. Yeah. That's a lot to process. Like back to back, if you will. To talk about it, you're reliving it again. Yeah. Stacy and I remain seeing the same therapist Mm -hmm. um, and she always would check on, you know, how's the family? How's everyone doing? So when I would talk to her and share things with her, she'll be like, it just sounds like you're the caregiver. And she would ask me, are you capable of handling this? And sometimes you feel like when you're in that position, I ain't got no other choice because you see who's around you and the things that certain people would do, you ain't got no other or choice. Or not do. Yes. <laughs> or not do. Um, it's rough is what I'll say like I only experienced that with my mom my mom is an only child Matt is an only child 
Carter is likely going to be an only child. And so being around so many people that you kind of know who it's all going to fall on because they don't have anyone else for them for it to fall on. So when it happened to my mom, like when my mom's mom passed, I remember breaking down. I had my whole moment. I cried it out. I was at home with Matt and I just let it all flow. And I kind of was like, I have to get all this out now because my mom needs me. Like mm. these two, like my, their connection to my, my, to be honest, my older brother was locked up at the time. Um, so he had to deal with, and they were super close to my grandma. So he had to deal with that whole experience in a completely different way mm. than the rest of us who were on the outside. And then it was just my mom. And so I'm like, I can't let her like kind of like you I can't let her go through all of this on her I can't send her to the place to pick out a casket on her own like I can't like you just physically I can't do that to her and so mm -hmm. I did I had to kind of let like you said I had I did let it out in that brief moment that that moment of my time I feel like I was like I gotta get all these tears out I gotta you know break to get my breakdown out because I got to be here and be strong for my mom. And that was tough. And seeing her alone is tough. And knowing that Matt's going to have to go through that with his own parents. And I'm going to probably have to be that for him, which I'm yeah. totally okay with, is tough. Mm -hmm. And I think the worst part of it for me, I'm going to be honest, and, and, and it makes me sometimes feel selfish, even though I know I'm doing the right thing for me and us. I hate that that's gonna be likely Carter like I hate that that's gonna he's gonna have to kind of look for cousins or whomever because we're like you know we I can't get you no sibling you know and, and not to make it like oh it's all about me but I just we're not there like I'm just like I oh, don't really want to have another kid so so you know inevitably that's gonna be it but I just don't think anything prepares you for it, like you said, and you just right. know that you have to do it. Like you knew what you were gonna have to do to kind of be there for your parents. Um, and you kind of take over that role and you accept the role and you say, well, ain't nobody else gonna do it. So you kind of have to figure it out. But is, is it someone fair? wrong? Is it oh. wrong? You know, is it? Are they wrong to feel like I don't want to do this? Are they, and, and are they wrong to not do it? I don't know. I think that's where it comes. I'm all for protecting your peace. And I think it, what the what the difference, though, is I think you and I naturally have a knack for wanting to help people just innately. And mm -hmm. so when you see someone struggling or you see someone who where you feel like I, I could step in and alleviate this pressure, you're going to do that. But for people that genuinely had like don't have that, I I almost don't even know how like you could be like dying doing it. But at the same time, it, it it's like, should you have to? Like you said, should mm. am I required to? And it's like I don't know that you really are. There's certain things I think you I probably aren't. wouldn't do. Would you say? Technically, you aren't. If you want to be real, like keep it a buck, you aren't. Because let's talk about it. There's, and I, and I, and I could be gearing off when I say like you know there are mothers that walk away, there are fathers that walk away. Like in reality, one would say you you stay. You know, mm -hmm. you're a caregiver now. Someone needs you, and some people literally dip. But again, in this scenario, we're talking about death and 
I think somebody thinks about the dynamic of the family. I think we've talked about this, like different household, different families, different energies. Everybody is not the cookie cutter, happy family, uh, Brady bunch, you know, there's some people that's like deuces. I'm not doing this. Figure it out by yourself. Some people, like you said, though, parents have left them and you looking back like, and you think when you, you know, 97, I'm going to (laughs) be looking out for you. You know what I like? And and it's, it's sad to say it like that, but at the same time, it is what it is. And I, I think, I don't know. Like, I think it's a tricky spot for us to comment on again, because we don't come from families that are like that. Like, I'm not going to say your family has to be broken in order for you to be like, oh, I'm not doing it. But like, I think your experience is likely a lot different than the experience that we've had. Like you said, you're a close knit family, even if your siblings aren't there, like there's going to be someone in your family you can turn to whether your mama wants them to know about what's going on or not, you can be like, look, Auntie Patricia, I think that was one of the answers <laughs> you mentioned. That look, is my tia name. <laughs> yes, look, Auntie Patricia, uh, mama don't want me to tell you all this, but X, right. Y, and Z is what's going on. And I think that she'll, she'll be there for you. So I don't think that we come from families where you've seen people not step up. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that everybody's willing to step up. Like, and I think there's different ways in which you can say step up. I know Matt and I have had conversations about, you know, if our parents ever got old enough that they needed, you know, that extra care, like 24 hour care or something like that. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I'm gonna do everything I can for my parents, but I don't know if moving my parents in, depending on what their health situation is, like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. You know what I'm I about can, to ask. Look, I can tell you Matt was like, look, my parents will have to figure, we're we going to figure something out for them. They can't come stay here. So, So he'll potentially place him in a nursing home. Yes, but you want to know what else? His mm-hmm. parents haven't set him up to have to take care of him. Like when his parents went through their divorce, he found out a lot more about the things that they have set up in order for him to not have that burden. And I think it wow. has shaped the way that we think about what we'll do so that Carter doesn't have to, you know, make those types of decisions. Like they have accounts and things that have money set aside for, if I have to go into a nursing home, this is the money that's going to, that will be paid to the nursing home and pay for that. And so they thought about those things because they realize we only have this one child. Um, this is going to be putting a lot on him. We don't want him to have to put all this on his future wife and his future family. And so, you know, thank God his parents yeah. thought about that type of stuff. That is so admirable. And I don't know if the wine is hitting, but that <laughs> makes me emotional. <laughs> it makes me emotional because I hear how you talk about your parents and I think of I'm a product of parents that didn't set themselves up, mm-hmm. that didn't think that far. So a lot of what I've experienced in life is trial and error. And it's mm-hmm. really just messing fucking my own stuff up and being like, okay, <sighs> let me start over because it wasn't taught in the household. They didn't get that experience growing up either. So mm-hmm. it's like, you can't even get mad at them. 
because mm-hmm. they can't teach you what they don't know. But they didn't think long term when they got to America. And you know, a lot of immigrant families, um, I feel like definitely like Nigerians or Chinese people, like they set their kids up. And I can't, I'm only giving an example. I'm not saying that's every immigrant in this country. Um, I don't think a lot of people talk about the parents that didn't set their kids up, that did not, that just came here. And, you know, I can only speak from my experience. It just feels like it was play, you know? And it, I don't want to say it was play because I've seen my mother work hard. I've seen my dad work hard. They provided for us. But that longevity mindset just wasn't there. That so generation. It's, it's, yeah, it just was, it's admirable to see that, like, they thought that far, like, because in a way, there are conversations where that's a burden when you have to put your you as the, the child have to go put your your parents in a nursing home you have to go see them and that's a burden so they really are like listen the, the money that is not cheap that, that is, a is not that's an investment yes. and they made that investment yeah and what what's wild i think and i and maybe this is what helped them come to these conclusions is not to be given all of my husband's family business out here but like I said his grandmother his mom's mom had Alzheimer's and so they were from like you know we're from little Louisville I'm always talking about Louisville Kentucky we're from the country but his family was literally from the country like we Louisville's a big city like we hustling and bustling in Louisville they came like farm life they came from the country like his grandmother and grandfather and his mom and dad I mean his mom and his uncle her brother grew up on a farm um and so like they came from the country so where they lived she had alzheimer's they weren't really equipped where Mm -hmm. she was at to do anything with her so eventually they had to move her here you know she had diabetes and different things and her health was declining and so they in like they took like they had to take her his grandmother in and i think one they saw how that you know played out in their family dynamic and i think really matt had a like saw what that can do to a marriage and a relationship and him the child who's in this family and that happens and so i would say i would venture to say look i don't know because i wasn't there when they made these decisions i would venture to say that things like that are what trigger them to be like we can't do this mm-hmm. to our son okay yep. so and i think that's what they did and i'll say from my parents as well both of my parents um have said it they're going to be set up to where we're not gonna have to worry about like i'm not gonna have to worry about the expenses of the funerals and like where's the money gonna come from and all of that um i do not know that either of my parents have done something where you can set them up in a nursing home mm-hmm. I, like those are hard conversations that i'm probably gonna have to start having mm-hmm. if i'm being honest um but it's hard to talk to your parents about that like when my mom's like well i had to do something with my will and i'm over here like oh your yeah, will like you know you're like because you don't want to but that type Hear of stuff that. is important when my grandmother passed i can honestly say the whole process was smoother because like we really did come from parents and grandparents who at least thought about things like there was my grandmother already had a plot her and my grandfather had bought plots good, good. you know for them so we didn't have to worry about those types of things they had um life insurance policies and that's something that black people need Need to to talk more about and need to have um and not just your work 
you know, the one that's tied to your employment. Because if you leave that job, guess what? You don't have that life. You don't have it. Exactly. So it's like, y'all have to, we have to be smarter about the things that we are doing. And like you said, if your parents didn't do it, I just encourage you and anyone out there that is in a fan, like comes from a family that you're saying like, I wish my family would have done this. Then you be the person to do it. Like it, when you start having kids, whatever you don't know, you, you make sure that's when you turn on your curious Georgia and figure those things out because you don't want your kids to feel like you feel right now. I was going to say, open your mind, open your brain. This is why we joke that I'm curious Georgia, but had I not, I could easily have a simple mindset and probably won't even be in Atlanta. Probably mm -hmm. would still be in Baltimore, probably still be home because they want me to move back home. They're fine with that. But that's not what I want because that's, that's holding me back. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be like, okay, this is, this is my reality. These are not my parents. So what am I going to do to be better? Mm -hmm. You know, because they mm -hmm. want better for you. Their, their goal was, I don't want my kids to grow up in Panama. They, I don't want my kids to grow up poor. Okay, we got our education. We, we, you know, we're doing our thing, but we know now, and I can speak for like Stacy and I, like as adult women, we see that we want to do more, that right. there's more to than the, what we have, we're thankful for it and we're making them proud, but we know you're getting older and something happens. Y'all looking at the oldest siblings, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? There was mm -hmm. a time where my stepdad who is I'm always forever gracious for because he was the one that really helped me with financial literacy. He was the one that talked to me and I would go to him and tell him about my ideas and plans. And after my brother passed away and I moved back home, our relationship definitely got closer. Mm -hmm. Again, I am being the caregiver. I don't need to say it because you're my family. I'm just going to do it. And there was a point where he wanted to adopt me. Now that's going to make me emotional. And he literally was like, what do you think about me adopting you? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> if I'm 30 something now, I had to be, yeah, I was early thirties or like, yeah, this is about two, three years ago. And, um, in my mind, and I went to, to my therapist cause I needed to talk like, just to let y'all know, my birth father is alive. He lives in Panama. Um, you know, and <laughs> we are his caregiver. <laughs> My sister and I are his caregiver. So for someone to tell me you want to adopt me, I remember talking to the therapist and she was like, what do you think that's about? And I just lost it. And I was like, I feel like he wants to pass something on to me because in the reality, my parents can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's, yeah that is admirable from his person like how do you not just again like i just was saying how do you not want to take care of people like people that are that good to you you know like that think mm -hmm. that highly of you that love you that much that is like basically like when i leave this earth i want to leave things behind the people i know are going to take care of it and i know are going to you know build upon it and teach this to their kids and like that's special like mm -hmm. that's things you can't buy and so when, you, when you're talking about do you have to do it you have to do it they just asked you like you see what i'm saying like <laughs> how could you not oh my god that makes yeah. me emotional let me try to fight back my tears <laughs> now nah, it's an emotional night <laughs> right like yeah 
Yeah, that that was that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. <laughs> um, there's a lot of components to that, you know. I'm not the only child. I have siblings, so I had to have conversations with my siblings, and it just feels like why just one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I have three sisters. Well, two sisters outside of my baby sister is his dad. Um, and I went to each of them and they were like, yeah, that's fine. I think just sometimes the perception of like, well, why just you? But I knew deep down, it wasn't like disrespect. It was like somebody telling me what you did is so deeper than anything monetary. Like, it's not about money. It's like mm-hmm. you really stepped up in a way like this is a thank you. You know, and in me, I'm like, oh, got me in my big age. I know that my dad, again, he is financial literate and he knows what he's doing. Always been smart, always been on top of that. So I know like it was deeper than, than just, you know, so, but again, that's my dad forever. So yeah. I love dad. (laughs) That's a special moment too. Yeah. We got to switch the subject. I know. Like, you have to make me... We over here staring at each other like the Diddy meme. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. You're not going to cry. No, it's not going to come down. No, it's not going to come down. I'm not going to cry. Gonna come down, but I'm I love... like, let me not say too much because we're not going to cry. <laughs> I love our podcast because it's, this is real life. You know, we have a good time, but we don't know what anyone that is listening to us, what they're going through and... We are getting older. We're not younger. We're getting older. And this is like the real of our lives. By the grace of God, our parents are still here. Thank God. We want to cherish them while they're here. But it gets real as you get older. It does. You just start to think about it more. Yeah. It's like you really do. And like I said, there's there's things that start happening that let you know your parents are getting older. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, look, none of us can go backwards, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, Lord willing, you know, everybody we get to keep on living but we know that there is a moment and it's like you don't it's a moment you don't want to have to prepare for caregiving um death any of it like it's all it's just it's a lot it's a lot to think about and so you want to feel like one you can talk about it with people because these are like you said they're real feelings you're really thinking about it and having panic attacks about it and so to know that you can have somebody to go to and just be like girl I just need to get this off my chest or whatever it just feels good and so like he said that's that's really what we're here for y'all that is really what we're here for to let you know you're not alone we think about the same shit y'all be thinking about too look right right it'd be crazy because we're here to fill you up period (laughs) 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 on heavy conversations okay (laughs) <laughs> let's let's take it a little lighter now, Ray. I think feels good. What what's your tea of the week? Give me something. Lord, we're gonna start out with the lighter tea. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know how light the tea. If we can how light it can get. So can we just talk about pastors <laughs> real quick? We just Father God, jump, Father God. We're gonna jump on into it. So Keith shared with me, you guys a pastor who was preaching a sermon on Sunday to his congregation in person, mind you. Like, I just want these little details to be spilled because I don't want y'all to think he's just at home in his house 
on a screen and he's just, you know, no, he was in the pulpit in the church and there is video of this man. 11 a.m. service. Essentially saying that men need sex. Women were created with thighs and booties and lips and all of this for a man to desire to attract the man to give him and fulfill his needs. What is going on at these church and the people at the church key are just like, yes, waving hands and saying, amen. Who doesn't get up and walk out is what I want to know. Like what's going on at the black church that uh, I could be, I haven't been, I'm going to be honest. I don't go into church. I will bedside Baptist church down. But ever since COVID, for me personally, I'm just like bedside Baptist and up. But if we still like, are y'all really just going to church and listening to these things and then going back the following Sunday? I really wish that they show because you only see like an older woman in the corner. You don't see the whole congregation. I wish that they showed because to me, by the sound of it, they sounded like older folk. And at that point, forgive me, God because we talking about this scenario, they already brainwashed to believe everything that he's saying, that whatever he's saying, you right, pastor, you right. The man broke down sperm. And semen. Come on, come There's on. There's uh, so many uh, per milliliter. And this is, he basically said that women were the worm that goes on the hook to Oof. hook a man because a man needs sex. And that's essentially what we're here for. I just, I'm at a loss. Like, and not only that, did you see where the preacher pulled out the rose and was pretty mm-hmm. much trying to have a sermon about the rose versus you not wanting a man? Like, what is happening is what I want to know, Key. This so crazy enough. Before that, actually, before I actually saw that video, my girlfriend and I, she's going back to church, to church, church. And we were just talking about the two different churches that we go to. And she was like, girl, my pastor, he's just out there. He, he pulled out the rose. I said, rose, what? She said, girl, he pulled out the rose and was just pretty much talking about how we shouldn't be pleasing ourselves and we should be pleasing the Lord. To the church where the man pulls out the rose. So she said, I'm gonna find you that that video. And she sent it to me on IG. I said, You've got to be freaking kidding me. She said, I did think that that was very inappropriate. She's like, I couldn't believe it. She said people were in the crowd laughing, but I was so shocked that he she said he does that though. He's very dramatic with his um give me the word preaching. Preaching, yeah. He brings out props. That's his thing, that he likes to bring out props. And she was like, that Sunday girl, he brought out the whole rose. I said, not it. Do do they not, is there not a draw the line anymore? Because like, I'm sorry. And maybe this makes me old fashioned and maybe I'm not new school enough and and I'm okay with that. But y'all going a little too far, like at this point, what are you what are the passages are y'all trying to go viral are you trying Mm. to bring people to the lord because i don't i don't understand like these things to me that's not you're not trying to be relatable to get people to come to god and learn more about god 
it's almost like shock and awe factor at this point. And I just think that that is ridiculous. Like, have we, as a society, have we gotten to the point where this is who we following? Y'all, I I was baffled by both the Rose and Mr. This is what women were put on this earth for. And the women in the back in the crowd talking about, yes, Pastor. Ma'am, I would have kicked Sister Gertrude down. Sister Gertrude. What, like, what are we doing? Sister I don't, Gertrude. <laughs> Sister Gertrude gonna get pushed. Because I'm sick of it. Y'all are not, like, what kind of message are we even spreading at this point? Like, I don't even know. It's like going backwards, in my opinion. Like, we're going, that's going backwards, in my Agreed. opinion. Do you remember back in the day when... There was a such thing as like warning TVMA, this is TVMA, or this is like rated R, like sex was hidden a bit. Sex was like an after dark thing. Sex is everywhere now. Even in the church, where's the respect at the end of the day? Like how respect for the Lord? You're like, that that to me is a bit like, you know what God I am going, like how don't you catch yourself? I don't know, but I'm I'm trying to figure out like what part of the and I wasn't there. Your friend was there. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> Did this relate back to a scripture in the Bible? Because I can guarantee you, there may have been a rose in the Bible, but it wasn't the rose that we all <laughs> know of and think of today. So how did we relay this back to like how did this message come about? If I'm if I'm like, I'm assuming. But in the Bible, essentially, you are not supposed to be pleasing yourself. You're not supposed to be masturbating. But this is how you had to share it? You ain't supposed to be pleasing yourself. You're supposed to be pleasing the Lord. Well, he's pleasing himself with this sermon and self-indulgent sermon that he's uh, doing. You ain't pleasing the Lord bringing the rose into church. I I just, you ain't gonna make me believe it. You ain't gonna make me believe it. So I just thought that was wild. I I just I don't know what's going on at the churches. I don't know. I'm I'm also so though someone who just give me the old hymns back. I don't need these mm. new age. Like I want a heathen on time. I want to hear something like I'm not trying to be like silver and gold bring it back period but we don't get all that anymore everybody wants to go viral everybody wants to go viral y'all want your church to go viral so bad you over here clapping and laughing about the man with the rose (laughs) in the pulpit i just i don't understand it and you can't make me understand it. So I just, I had to bring that up because I saw one, Key saw the other, and it was just like a match made in heaven. Like, we're going to talk about this on tonight. Outside of that, though, I know we did say we were going to go on a lighter note, and I do feel like this is a heavier note, but there is a lot going on. Um, as you say, when you do your wonderful segment of Tap Into Some Good that I do hope you bring back, and I did vote on your story to Thank bring you, it back. Thank you, because we do need to to tap into, we need to see the good in the world and be the good in the world. And I don't know if you're living under a rock, but what is going on with the whole is the Israel and Palestine? Like it is 
heartbreaking. Um, some video, like I can't even, I have to just scroll by the videos at this point. Sean King is one of the, is like posting kind of regularly about it. And y'all like they are showing babies, like just chilled, lifeless parents holding on to them. And these kids have nothing to do with whatever Israel and Palestine got going on. And you all are killing these children. Like it is, it's just heart wrenching. And I just, felt like it needed to be said and just to say like we are sending prayers and positive mm -hmm. vibes and just all of the things because y'all there is a lot going on in this world like there's a lot going on outside of our little bubbles that we live in mm -hmm. um over here in the united states like as a whole these things are going on in these countries and it's just it's sad it is it's sad to see it's sad to hear about people getting kidnapped and thrown into the back of trucks and it's just mm. it's like mind-boggling to think that that you could just walk outside and all of this is going on around you and happening where you lay your head at night it's wild so prayers yeah Thoughts, big, prayers, big prayers. It, it's something i've definitely be going down i've been going down a rabbit hole and just you know a you want to understand why but this is years on in past history that they've been fighting for years. Um, it's unfortunate. It, it's something that, you know, I don't know if you if you heard about the festival. The festival mm -hmm. was based off of peace. You know, they want to bring peace and then the terrorist attack occurs. And what led me to actually talk about tapping to some good today, bringing it back, because I'm like, nah, it's too heavy out here all we are consuming is just like negative, negative heavy ass content and again i always say like everybody has a show everybody has their segments and so forth but i'm like i don't still don't feel like there's no tap into some good there's no like okay we can get our morning started and we need positivity because like you said if you're living under a rock and you don't know what's going on right now in israel and gaza i don't know where you are what these people are enduring at this moment you were holding this podcast and there are bombs going over like there are two wars going on right now hell three inflation three. ukraine and israel i'm like it is crazy it is it is really mind-boggling and again i think that being over here being like so far removed you feel like it's like it's easy to kind of just overlook and it's easy to keep posting your stuff and i will say i'm not someone who talks about all of that a lot online because i'm someone who feels it a lot offline mm -hmm. and so being online is like an escape like i don't want to be t like it's just i'm sad over here i'm not even yeah. like if yeah. you know me you know yeah. um and but like i, I just can't imagine bombs just going off blowing up your home you are carrying your lifeless baby like running out and like running to ambulances and you saw I saw a video last night where a father was just holding on to his I mean that baby didn't even look like she was 10 9 10 months old lifeless she's gone he's just holding on his baby he holds the baby up and just looks at her and is just in peril like he just it's like this is heart like what is going on and for yeah. you all to just keep going at it like i don't know i'm not there i don't yeah. know 
but that shit gotta stop like it's wild pray for them innocent people are losing their lives and i mean we're here to fill you up and i i I just pray like um give gratitude to your dad give gratitude to your job to our roofs to the smallest things because some people woke up and their entire world will never be the same so we send prayers out to those in israel and it's sad that they're officially in war and I've been I've been watching. I've been going down the rabbit hole and to your point about the girl that was in the back of the truck and how they treat women and kids and girl, my soul can't take it. It's just but I go on Twitter and I just watch videos and you know, I think when it comes to becoming when you're when you're creating content, we're not oblivious to it, but sometimes some some of us don't know what to say. You know, because then you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of speaking facts. And if you don't know the history, you don't know. But as a human being that can see innocent people died for no reason, you can feel that. And if you just want to pay your respects, pay your respects. You know? But I hate when people are like, you don't know. And they want you to speak factuals. Not everybody knows about it. Don't fall. It's not everybody's job to know all of that, you know? Some people have to, you do have to somewhat, like you said, it's every day now. You're logging on to something and it's negative, 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 negative. And sometimes you just have to like block that out for a Mm -hmm. second because it's like you're gonna be sitting in that all day. Like it's and and I'm thankful that I'm not gonna this is gonna sound horrible, probably, but I'm thankful that we and just choose to block it like because they can't they're all like there is no blocking that out and so Mm -hmm. i just send prayers is all i can like i wanted to all end now you know if if i had a a magic wand or a genie in a bottle i would be like end it now all of that has to stop because it is sad but i'm just thankful like we got a lot going on over here but I'm thankful we don't have that going on over here, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's mind-boggling. Okay, so I said I was gonna... Look, we went from lighter news to sad news. Let's bring the move back up and talk about what T's been watching on TV. Listen, we done had a sad episode, a heavy episode. It's just too much. I had a drink, a, a cup of a drink or something. <laughs> um, I am still... Well, I'm pretty much waiting on i'm still into love is blind i spoke about that last week it has gotten so good i pretty much binged it while i was getting my hair done over the weekend um and a lot of things are just unfolding about like i told you re like i would go on a reality tv show she did say that guys you know all i'm just you know, whoever's listening, you're a producer, okay? Come on, come on over. I would love to be. I would Eat definitely ready. be blind, okay? But I think last week I mentioned, like, there were, like, two couples. Found, turns out that there were more couples that the producers pretty much took off. Like, there was just, there's just, this season just seems like the people that they went with just came with a lot of drama. And there was a couple that actually walked down the aisle it's just a lot of shit going on in this season. And I'm like, okay, I think I just want it to end now. Like, I want to see who says yes, who says no. Um, I don't know. Give me a question. I don't know because there's so much going on in this season, girl. So is it something like, okay, you said you could binge. So can you watch the end of it or they still haven't wrapped it all up yet? So now Netflix, you know how Netflix used to put all of the episodes up? 
they pretty much give you like two to three episodes. So this Friday will be the final episode of them actually getting married. I didn't even net- know Netflix was doing it. Look, Netflix, we try to switch shit up. We like yep. to binge watch it to the end. Okay. Yeah, they stopped doing that. So, okay. So the last episode we talked about on Love is Blind, you basically said there was that one couple where the guy made the comment about the girl and her makeup and they, mm-hmm. that whole mm-hmm. just dissolved, that dissolved everything. She was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. There was also another couple that you were talking about. I can't remember who it was. Lydia, though. Lydia and Milton. Maybe it was Lydia and Milton. What is okay. going on with Lydia and Milton? So in short, Lydia is older than Milton. Milton's 24, but he is a like baby genius. He already has like his masters. He graduated high school with an associate degree. So he's very, very, very smart. And they're both smart. They're like nerds. She's a geologist. He's an engineer. Lydia's a loud personality though. I mean, bubbly times a thousand. Long story short, one of the guys on the show had already dated Lydia. So when they were in the pods, he said his name and she was like, oh shit, Uche? He's like, Lydia? So they've already fucked with each other. But now as things unfold, people see they were probably like in this toxic ass relationship. So the girl that Uche liked, Lydia and her became friends. Lydia knew about Uche, but Lydia never told the girl Aaliyah. So, <laughs> did she do so, that on purpose? At a certain point, she did. She didn't. I don't know if she didn't know how to tell her, but when it finally came out, Lydia told Aaliyah. But what Lydia did was some shisty shit. That's like I'm telling my homegirl, I mess with your ex. So now me, if I'm Lydia, Lydia is telling Aaliyah, yeah, he drives a blue Tesla. He has two cars. I met his friends. Um, we did this. If he tells, if he says this to you, then, you know, he likes this. Pretty much giving Aaliyah everything that she does not need to hear. So I am crazy you. for this girl. Exactly. That fucks Aaliyah up. The day that Uche is going to come propose to Aaliyah, Aaliyah left. <laughs> <laughs> She went ghost. She goes ghost now. So Uche is literally walking into this pod and producers is fucked up for that because she was gone. He said, baby. And they knew she was gone. (laughs) So he's dumbfounded and she was like, she just didn't feel comfortable. Fast forward, they out of the pods. Now Uche comes out and they're at this party and he's talking to Lydia. I didn't like, you know, when someone wants to pretty much act like they want to resolve something, but they're really talking about your past relationship. That was Mm -hmm. pretty much the dynamic of that conversation. And they were talking, but they wasn't saying what happened. Who did what to each other? They were just giving toxic couple and it Mm -hmm. quote unquote, Milton didn't really step up for her. I feel like when she called Milton, he came over, but she was like, let me finish talking to him. So she dismissed him. So he walked away. Milton's also 24. He's 24, but ugh, I wish you could see I him. don't know he how old them. Lydia is. Lydia's 30. She got a little right. bit more life experience than Milton. Right. But he You can is... be smart, but ain't nothing that can replace life experience. But I don't know Milton's past. I don't know what Milton been through. I don't he definitely know. has some more growing to do, but there's times when he comes off mature, then it's sometimes like, girl, he was trying to open up a wine bottle with his teeth. 
where he looks 24. Okay, Milton is 24. <laughs> and I don't care what how smart Milton is, but if you try to open up a wine bottle with your teeth, stay your 24-year-old I ass. I said production that. team, y'all ain't shit. Y'all ain't shit for that. Oh, I miss the production team. Y'all ain't shit for that. This is why we need to tap into some good back <laughs> so the production team can come back to. She literally met his mom and his sister. They're not feeling her because they feel like she's just too old. But again, like I told you in the last week, last week, I feel like she just wants a ring. She's acting like she's 50 years old or 60 years old. Since she's 30, you could bounce back and get a man. She's only 30. Um, so this week now is the week that they all walk down the aisle and decide who's going to say yes or no. I personally think Milton is going to say no. And I think Lydia is going to say yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, this is going to be an interesting week. <laughs> I'm kind of excited though, even though I don't watch the show. Yeah. How? Okay, though. Planned or not planned by the producers for the Lydia chick, like, and the Uche, is that his name? Mm-hmm. To be on the same show. Because how, like, in all likelihood, how likely so that's is that the same thing Aaliyah said. She said, how do you fucking know she didn't look at your emails and knew you was going to be on this show? She was like, what are the odds that both of you are here? Turns out, Uche said that Lydia knew he was going to be on the show. So and then that, she probably try to apply? Yes. And that she told the girls, I feel like somebody from my past is here. And if they are, this is fate. She's all over the place, Re. She's fate as in the sense of she and him are supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. Okay, ma'am. She might be giving a little soccer. You doing too much. Speaking I of stalker. Show, but <laughs> so he came with receipts to the party. He was like, I was talking to her one day and she rolled past my house and she sent a picture in front of my house and she was like, I see you. And something about she was looking at other females IG stories and they were screenshotting her IG profile. You know how it looks. Mm -hmm. And they were like, who is this girl? She's been looking at my stories. He was like, I'm showing you what people are telling me and you don't, you're going to deny this. She pretty much went off. and Okay, okay, listen. You might need to hire you a little security team because I'm going to tell you right now, Lydia definitely went through your emails and figured out that you was on this show and show, and look, threatened the producers and said, if you don't put me on this show, y'all going to have a problem. That shit is wild. Yeah. yeah. Everybody needs to be uh, Milton, if you're listening, <laughs> say no to Lydia, Okay. Your girls from the Owl Have a Cup podcast, Miss Three, your auntie. Okay. <laughs> Not your auntie. I'm yes, me. your auntie Riri, your TT Riri. Because I remember you said oh. TT, this TT Patricia. Okay, mm-hmm. your Tia. So, um, I'm learning. Picking up. I see you. I see you. Come on, yes. sis. I'm trying, Kiata. <laughs> <laughs> By next week, we will know. I'll have an update on what happens. Why am I so invested and I can watch the show, but I'd rather just listen to your tea? <laughs> oh, but you, you know, I love it. I love it. You caught on. You're like, oh, uh, uh-uh. uh, because it's 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 a lot this season. But I couldn't I couldn't dare to be a producer because you just want the drama from people for ratings. That's what sucks, though. When you really mm-hmm. think, and it's on all of these shows. Mm-hmm. That's what essentially what um. 
old girl has been screaming about Mona Scott talking to, uh, what's her name Erica Mena who then got kicked off the show she's essentially saying like girl you knew all this was happening and you was just like oh it's fine but really like you just said we want the ratings we want the money money this yeah. is what's gonna bring it all in so look I'm glued I'm I'm stuck like glue so but Milton again if you reveal. heard me say no say no Milton say no <laughs> okay and on that note <laughs> this was a good show <laughs> It was. Where can oh, we had all the ranges of, uh, range of emotions? We did. I think that's what's the, uh, that's the title. Um, what you call it? A range of emotions. The range of emotions. That's the title. Yeah, we took you. We took y'all through it today. Caregiving. The range of emotions. <laughs> all right, y'all. Tonight was a good episode. Where can you find us? You can find us over on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. You follow our page. Leave us your feedback. Leave us comments. We always are here to read them. It helps us get better. And you never know. Something you say may spark an idea for an episode. And yeah, y'all, look. And yeah, y'all, that's it. That's all. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will see y'all next week. Have a good one. Bye.